I'm Brett Chang. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, September 7th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Okay, so Jay, we've all made some mistakes at work. No one's exempt from that. But have you ever made a destroyed a world-famous landmark-level mistake? Well, two construction workers were detained in China after doing just that. The contractors apparently used an excavator to to tear down part of the Great Wall in order to clear a shortcut to build their site. Now, it's probably best to leave that one off the seaweed. Jay, what would you even do if you accidentally destroyed a world-famous landmark? Uh, run as fast as possible the other way. Especially in China. And blame my podcast partner is what I would do. Yeah. See, that's the difference between you and I. I'd take accountability for my mistake. I'd fess up to it and owe whatever consequences were there. But I would try not to make a mistake in the first place. That's for sure. But and this is a tough one to make. You have to see. It's the Great Wall. It's like a big, big wall yeah. thing. You probably shouldn't knock it down. So no excuses. Right. It's not like bulldozing a small wall. It's a great one. It's the greatest of all. As they say, Brett, aside from damaging the Great Wall with the bulldozer, what do we have for Peak Pals today? You know, they say you can say the path they dug right from space. For our first story, Tiff holds rates but leaves the door open for hikes. For our second story, return to office now. And for our last story, streaming may get more lucrative for musicians. For our first story, the Bank of Canada held its policy interest rate steady at 5% yesterday, but don't call it a pivot. They're ready to hike again if that's what it takes to whip inflation, and they want to make sure everyone knows it. Brett, what else did the Bank of Canada say about rates? So the Bank of Canada said that evidence that excess demand in the economy is easing, justified holding interest rates steady, but emphasized that it was prepared to increase the policy rate further if needed. And it matters because it's a departure from the bank's more dovish tone in January when Governor T-Mac, or Tiff Macklin, pledged a conditional pause on rate hikes. Now, that decision kicked off a rebound in the housing market that drove up prices by 5.6% over the first half of the year, according to the Canadian Real Estate Association. The bank wants to avoid triggering another buying frenzy in real estate that would add more upward pressure to inflation. Now, to zoom out, higher rates are taking their toll on the economy, with the latest data showing unemployment rising, GDP shrinking, and bad loans growing. But core measures of inflation remain stuck above the bank's target of 2%, and the headline figure jumps to 3.3% in July, above June's 2.8% rate of inflation. The bottom line is, Tiff likely hopes that if he can convince markets he is willing to raise rates into the teeth of a recession, he can cool off borrowing and spending enough that he won't actually have to. All's fair in the fight against inflation, including, in this case, psychological warfare. PSYOPs. For our second story, as Labor Day fades from sight in the rearview mirror, more Canadian employees are telling, not asking, employees to return to the office for at least a few days of the week. Do you want to dig into that trend for us? Sure. Among Canadians with hybrid work setups, about 60% are fully remote, down from 75% earlier this year, according to a report from Indeed. With the summer holiday season over and businesses looking to start fresh for the fall, that number is poised to fall even further. Employers are insisting that days in the office will build communication and increase productivity, and a few studies have found that at least some workers are less productive at home. Employees, on the other hand, report higher levels of happiness since ditching their commute, citing improved mental health, flexibility, and yes, even productivity. Now, to zoom out from the RTO trend, there you go. There we go. The RTO wave is sweeping Canada's tech industry, an early proponent of remote work following RTO pushes from U.S. big tech counterparts, Amazon and Meta. April Hick, co-founder of tech talent organization Toast, told the Canadian press, 
We are seeing the majority of roles that have posted right now are hybrid and have a city attached to them. And the shift is very, very quick and very dramatic. Yes, but other data shows that employers and employees might not be so far apart on the RTO issue after all. A Robert Half Canada report found that 54% of hiring managers prefer to have a hybrid work arrangement versus 49% of employees, which is not really a massive gap, Brett. Another survey of nearly 300 Canadian employers by Colliers found that 55% of them were done tinkering with their remote work policies. And it all matters because hybrid work isn't going anywhere. And striking the right balance between time in and out of the office has turned into a pressing issue for Canadian businesses. For our third story, for artists who don't change the economic outlook of a city with a couple of concerts, namely, you know, the big names, some extra money from a new royalty deal could go a very long way. Yeah, here's what's driving the news. So Universal Music, the world's largest record company, has cut a deal with French streaming service Deezer to change the way royalties are paid to artists, a move that could be the first domino to fall in the reshaping of music streaming's business model. The deal is expected to increase payouts to professional artists by 10%, in part by doubling the royalty payments for those who generate at least 1,000 listens a month. Under the new arrangement, each song listened to will be counted as four streams if a listener searches specifically for that artist's music. And that's cool. It matters because the shift would improve artists' cut of streaming profits after years of seeing their earnings eroded by the rising dominance of platforms like Spotify. Streamers currently pay music rights holders an average of about $5 US per 1,000 streams, a rate that translated into negligible earnings for all but the most popular artists. Universal is currently in talks to strike new deals with top other streaming platforms, including Spotify, Tidal, and SoundCloud, hoping to strike similar deals. And it's happening because the music streaming industry has a white noise problem. Since the current royalty system doesn't differentiate between music from a professional musician and being audio, a big share of artists cut go to white noise producers, believe it or not. It's so boring. Goldman Sachs estimates that makers of white noise pulled in royalties of $900 million last year alone. But you were in the wrong business, Brett. I know. In 2021, a Spotify artist generated 10 million streams a day from short recordings of electronic rainfall, outperforming some of music's biggest stars, including Lady Gaga. That's quite the burn. Oh yeah? Your music's less popular than rainfall. The bottom line is the new model won't make as big a difference to the Drakes and Taylor Swifts of the world. They're doing just fine, honestly, but it could give similar artists a chance to make a living off their royalties. Sorry, not similar. Smaller artists, Brett. Smaller artists. Peak Pals, thanks for making this the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you get a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice, even if it's Spotify, and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thank you, Brett. Have a great day, Peak Pals. Bye.